This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 21 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, Equine Journalist and Website of the Year. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They'll bring you the news through hail, hot water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. Stable Scoop. I am Glenda Geek. And I'm Helena B. And this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Welcome back, everybody, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank goodness for 2009. I know. First show of the year, and we have lots of cool shows planned for everybody this year. I'm so excited about the Stable Scoop Show. We've, we've gotten to do so many cool things and talk to so many neat people. Yeah, we're getting some really important people on the show now. <laughs> I know. It's so much fun. But, but you went on a vacation. How was your vacation? Ah, uh, but you know, I never made it out of Boston. Um, the the what? day before the day before <laughs> I know this was supposed to be my. You first. were looking forward to this for like a year. Wait, no, five years. I haven't <laughs> taken a vacation in almost five years. And but apparently, before, you haven't. Still. No, the day before we were supposed to leave, we ended up getting a huge snowstorm, like thirteen inches here in Boston, and then. We were going to leave the next day once they cleared the roads. Only the next day we got a second storm. You've been getting storms like every day up there. <laughs> it, it's, we, we really have. And so we thought, okay, well, we'll wait until Monday and we'll, we'll, we'll get out of town on Monday. And um, late Sunday night, our dog, um, our newfie, got sick. And so we decided to wait another day and, and make sure she was going to be okay before we left town. And um, she ended up having to go to the vet and – uh, we just couldn't leave, you know, with her health up in the air. Um, and unfortunately, she ended up passing away on Christmas night. Really? So um, she was an old girl. She was a newfie cross. And uh, she was almost 13 years old, which is oh, ancient. Oh, her big dog is – I didn't realize she was that old. Yeah, she was She was up there. And, and she was one of those dogs who was just a legend in her own time. Uh, changes the way you, you look at life. And so, you know – the way I look at it, it was really she. Thankfully, she passed away in her sleep at home, and I know anybody out there who has loved an animal knows that if your dog has to go, that's not a bad way to go. No. So we kind of think that the universe was keeping us here um, in Hamilton for a reason, and I, I guess I believe that that was the reason to to be here when she needed us most. Yeah. So, sure. um, you know, well, it's sad. That's... It's painful to miss right. them so much. Right. But. You know, it's the price you pay for being a, a sucker for four legs and fur. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, well, let's hope, too, that uh, someday soon you can you can get away. We have to get you down here for Rolex. We're just going to have to get you to come down for Rolex. I know. I know. We have to get you out. All right. Well, uh, 
On so 2009. Yeah, let's look forward to 2009. <laughs> it's going to be a better year. Better. Well, it's interesting because that's what our show is about today. We're, we're taking a little look back at 2008. We've sort of picked two things that we thought were really cool out of 2008 or people that we thought were neat. And we sort of picked our journalist of the year. Uh, we don't really have an official awards. We should do that next year. We'll have an official Stable Scoop Awards and we'll have people vote on it. But this year we sort of picked our journalist of the year and the person that we thought really contributed the most journalistically. And we chose Nancy Jaffer, who's been around forever. And we're actually going to have her on the show today. She, We have her coming up and she's covered like seven or eight Olympics and has been around for everything, covering anything from endurance to hunters to eventers to driving to pleasure riding, everything. So we're having her on the show today and we're so excited to be talking to her. Uh, she just, you've read her articles, I'm sure. She writes for almost everybody you can think of and and she's she's just does a good job of doing comprehensive articles, especially when she's at shows. So we're looking forward to having her on today. Yeah, he's a legend. And our second was our pick, our website pick of the year. And what we want to do every year is pick a new website that we think is going to do great things in the future. So after our interview with Nancy, who we're going to have to get on here shortly, we'll tell you who our website pick of the year is. And we're going to have the person, the co-founder of that website on with us to talk about why he started it and what he's got planned. It's a really cool site that we think is going to become one of the equestrian sites in the future. So we're excited to have him on as well. I'm but first, that. That's you, a really cool site. I know. It is really neat. It, yeah. It's... Uh, so I think we've teased everybody enough that they'll stick around. Uh, but <laughs> but anyway, before we get to Nancy, I think you want to talk about the event horse sale. And it's coming up. It's getting right around the corner now. It is right around the corner. In fact, if you are in the market for a horse, you will want to visit Aiken, South Carolina this March for the Aiken event horse sale. This sale is expertly run by Sarah Heffron and Craig Thompson. Um, and the sale features horses of all levels in one location. So we hope you'll make time on your calendar Monday and Tuesday, March 2nd and 3rd of 2009 to attend two great days of horse shopping in the United States' fastest growing horse country. The goal of the sale is to bring together event horse sellers and buyers in one setting. It's really enjoyable. There's cocktail parties, there's lunch provided, um, and you get the chance to see some really amazing horses do their thing. Um, Everybody is welcome. You can bring your friend, your trainer, your vet. There's no charge for buyers. There's no charge for spectators. Just for if you're gonna, uh, if you're looking for a horse, if you're in the market to, you know, you're shopping. Just come to the office the day of the sale. You sign in and you start trying them. So that's the Aiken Event Horse Sale, March second and third at Shadow Lane Farm. And you can go to www.akeneventhorsesale.com for all the details. Cool. And you're, you said you were planning on attending that, right? Yeah. Well, you know what? I said I was planning on going on vacation. No, that's too, true. So. Okay. So we won't write that in stone. So exactly. were you planning on attending it to buy a horse? Is that one of the possibilities? I am in the market for a horse, um, but I, you know what I'm looking forward to is seeing the horses that come in on the catalog. They're going to be posted right. online. So, right. and you know, last year the, the price was ranged from, you know, uh, Fifteen hundred to twenty-five hundred dollars, all the way up to two hundred thousand, which is really kind of cool because there may just be something there for me. So I'm going to wait to see what kind of. Um, and you mean get- one of the two hundred thousand ones, of course. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. With all that money you're making from the stable scoop show. 
<laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'll go down. You know, what's going to happen, I think, is on March 1st, I'm going to go, I need to get out of town, and I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to go. Well, you know, I, I just might have to meet you there. That sounds like a lot of fun. It, it, it actually should be a great time. Good. Cool. Well, I tell you what, we need to get Nancy on. I know she has a limited time to be with us today. I don't know how to introduce Nancy. She's been around for, I think, I think close to 40 years doing equestrian journalism. If you're an equestrian at all, if you care at all about the equine world, you've read her articles. I don't know that she needs much more introduction than that, other than she's sort of a legend when it comes to, if there was a, a, a hall of fame for equestrian journalism, she'd be one of the founding members oh yeah so so let's get nancy on here hi nancy we appreciate you being on the stable scoop show with us this week well it's a privilege really and i'm going to enjoy our conversation i'm sure well we will too you know i've been reading well both helene and i've been reading your articles for what seems like forever and you've been you've covered i don't know what six olympics maybe eight eight yeah sorry i underestimated that So, I mean, you've been, we, we really selected you as the 2008 Equine Journalist of the Year in our little uh, awards here because you're, you're just everywhere and you do such a great job and you're not afraid to throw a little bit of your own opinions into the articles either, which, which I really like seeing. Well, I really do try to be impartial. I think that's been something that's uh, earned me goodwill in the equestrian world throughout the year. And, and may I say that I'm thrilled to be selected as your uh, equestrian journalist of the year. It's really very exciting. Uh, but I try to let both sides speak, if there are both sides or three sides or whatever, uh, and let them sort of uh, explain what they're about and let people draw their own conclusions. I mean, sometimes I interject but uh, so much in the equestrian world is not black and white, and there are reasons for doing things one way and reasons for doing things another way. So I want everybody to feel that they're getting a fair hearing. And, of course, we don't have any personalities in the equestrian world either. None whatsoever. <laughs> Actually, speaking, how do you keep things, or do you, do you, or what's your tactic for staying politically correct, or do you care to stay politically correct? Oh, I don't care about being politically correct. What I care about is being correct. I make sure that I never misquote anyone. And sometimes um, it's very hard for um, journalists to do this, but I try and get the sense of what people are saying as well as what they say. Mm -hmm. And if somebody says something that is so far off the track, I say, do you really mean that you want to go out and shoot so-and-so? And And they'll go, oh, no, 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 no. You know, I really don't. And I'll drop it because it's just there's no point in trying to trap someone. Right. So you you let's let's we we want to talk a little bit about 2008. You actually did an article for nj.com. Well, for the Star Ledger, the paper that I worked for for many decades. Right. And it and was nj.com called... is the website that that hosts the Star Ledger. Star Ledger, okay. And it's called A Question World Looking Forward to a More Positive 2009. And you talked about some of the some of the good things in 2008 and some of the trials and tribulations that we've all talked about through 2008. What would you say were the, were the highlights and lowlights of 2008? Well, I, I really have to say that the U.S. winning the gold medal in uh, show jumping in, in Hong Kong at the Olympics was fabulous. Because the last time we got the gold medal, don't forget, it was because uh, Germany was disqualified because of the... Uh, a prohibited substance in one of their riders' horses. So we sort of came in the back door and we moved up from silver to gold. This wa- this time we earned it. We earned it on our own. One of the things I really enjoyed about it was that it came down to a jump off between the U.S. and Canada. Germany was nowhere right. to be found. Right. And uh, the gold medal was clinched by Will Simpson, a lovely fellow from California 
who hadn't been having the best uh, trips during the Olympics. He had problems with his horse stepping in the water jump. And he was the one who clinched the gold with a clean round on his horse, Carlson von Dock. And just the look on his face coming over that last fence said it all. He knew that he'd done it. And such a, a, a mild-mannered, uh, really sweet guy. It was, it was wonderful to see. He isn't the type who's been in the headlines constantly, like BZ Madden and McLean Ward and Laura Kratt, his teammates. So well, that was super. And, and I thought it was great that Canada, which really, although it's a country large in size, uh, large in area, it's very small in population, and it has very few uh, top-level equestrian events. Um, winning the silver was, was fabulous. I mean, North America did it. It was so cool. And um, I hope that the uh, Europeans really took note that uh, everything isn't on their side of the Atlantic. We could do just as well as they can do under the right circumstances. So that was uh, that was the high point. And the low point also, of course, involved the Olympics and the uh you know, the, the drugging situation. And um, I, I think that there's a positive from that because while uh, four jumper riders were, quote-unquote, caught using capsaicin on their horses, I would say they didn't realize it was a forbidden substance. Uh, sometimes the line is very fine on those things. And the FEI, the International Equestrian Federation, is going to take a look at its drug rules. You know, um, testing machinery, testing equipment is so precise these days that it can get tiny, tiny trace elements of things that aren't supposed to be in the horse, and they make no difference in the horse in terms of, <clears throat> excuse me, of uh, how it performs. I mean, it wouldn't even affect a rat, but it's still against the rules because uh, they they don't allow any substance. And right. in this world today, with pollution and everything else, that's really tough. So I do hope they take a, a sincere look at the rules and and try and allow some trace elements if necessary. Of course, you can't ever have major drugs allowed because then the playing field wouldn't be level, as we say. Right. right. But those, the sensitivities of the testing machinery is, is beyond even what uh, – it, it's sort of really cutting edge, and it's picking up things that – you know, it's not like these substances are intentionally put into the horse's bodies. You're saying they could pick them up just through casual contact or being in a barn where these substances were prior to the horse's arrival. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. I mean, think of all the pollution that there is in the air and think of all the other substances. When people open a bottle of something, you know, if a horse sniffs it in, I mean, who knows? It's just a little bit too refined. And years ago, it didn't matter because the, the, the testing equipment was not that precise, and now it is. And, of course, the, the sad case of um, uh, our dressage rider, Courtney King, who was disqualified and the entire team was disqualified with her because there were only three riders, uh, that's another thing. I didn't mention my article, but enough of the three riders. you got to have a drop score in the Olympics. Horses are just <laughs> too too um, uh, quirky, and so many things can happen to them. It's the only sport where there's two entities competing as one. So let's give them a break, and let's have four horses back in dressage in the Olympics. But, um, you know, she really doesn't know where the drug that was in her horse came from. It's a drug that is not real popular in the U.S., you, can find it apparently, but she'd never heard of it. Uh, our vet, Rick Mitchell, had never heard of it. And it was a tiny trace amount that, again, wouldn't have affected a rat, but it just ruined the Olympics for her and the other riders. Right, and it also tarnishes her name forever. Hopefully people will understand, but there are always whispers about it. Oh, right. well, you know, did she really not know? I right. mean, and you can't stop that. And with, you think with all the efforts to get to the Olympics, I asked her, I said, do you think that will discourage other people from wanting to go to the Olympics? Because it's so expensive and so time-consuming. 
And she said she didn't think it would be a problem. Uh, but John Long, the uh, CEO of the U.S. Equestrian right. Federation, agreed with me that it could discourage people. They might say, what's the use? You know, we'll do everything right, get there, have a great trip or a great test, and then find out that some wacky little something or other, an apple seed or something, uh, caused a positive and, and we're out. So I, I think that does need to be uh, changed. And, of course, something that ties into that that happened last year was the whole dressage debacle at the FEI, uh, you know, with the resignations and with the battle back and forth between the princess and and, and everybody. So, oh, I, you Princess Haya and yeah, the resignation of the yeah, entire committee. Dressage yeah. committee. Uh, you know, so that well, was it. resignation. I mean, she asked for the resignation right. and they fought it a little bit and then they finally said, oh, okay. So well, that, actually, that brings up kind of an interesting point. I, I'm going to change tactics just a little bit here. Uh, Nancy, how do you, with all the different things that are going on in equestrian sports at any given time, how do you decide what types of um, topics you're going to highlight on a, on a given article? For example, for the, the, you know, the, the ledger. I'm sorry? If, for example, for the ledger where uh, you know, a lot of your articles appear, how do you, make, how do you select what you're going to write about? A lot depends on the venue that I'm writing for. For Horse International, which is a magazine that goes mostly to professionals overseas, although to some professionals in this country, it's completely different than the ledger where we always try and highlight uh, a jersey. And it's, it's funny because I was just talking to Holly Payne. Uh, she's the daughter of Marilyn Payne, who judged at the Olympics in eventing. And she's a, a local young professional who's going to be having a fundraiser a week from Sunday at Dover Saddlery so that she can get uh, money to um, compete at Blenheim for the first time overseas and perhaps uh, win her way toward the World Equestrian Games in 2010. And she has no money. We chatted about how she put this together. She's going to be having Bruce Davidson uh, as a speaker at this affair that she, she's having, uh, which is very cool. Uh, but that reminded me, at Fair Hill last year, my story centered on Holly, uh, who had a great round cross-country, but certainly wasn't the leaders and wasn't the person who was going to win the competition. But because she was local and her mother is so well-known, her family is so well-known, I thought, let's feature Holly. And, you know, I put in all the other people, too, who were leading at that point. But we, we try and do a Jersey angle where possible. Uh, last weekend, I did something on the Equestrian Aid Foundation, Right. Uh, which provides uh, medical care and um, help in catastrophic incidents uh, for anybody connected with horses. And it really did not have what we call the Jersey Angle. But I thought it was something in these tough economic times that people would like to know about because they're going to be called on more and more, and they need contributions. And also people who are having problems, say somebody who got kicked by a horse in their work as a groom, and now they, they are, they've lost their, their salary and they can't work, uh, EAF can come to their aid. So it's, it's, it's sort of a, a potpourri of things. Uh, for Equisearch, uh, which is a website that I do most of my work for, uh, we try and do things that relate to um, people's interest in the personalities of the sport and how people ride. I was just looking back at my stories from last year on the George Morris Horse Mastership Clinic, and we always give little hints about George says to say figure eight is his favorite exercise in jumping. So we let people know about that. So it's a little bit of how-to and a little bit of who's doing what. And now do you do a lot of traveling in order to, to do the kind of riding that you do? Writing. Um, I don't think Nancy's ever home. <laughs> I don't think you're ever home. I'm never home. I never take a vacation, and I never take a day off. But aside from that. So who was was the the most interesting um, or maybe the most surprising personality in equestrian sports that you've come to know through your work? Over all the years? Yeah. 
Wow, uh, that's that's really a tough one because there are so many people that uh, you know have meant so much to me, and it's been great to get to know them. I mean, I've been so privileged to be able to spend time with uh, Billy Steinkraus, uh, you know, who is a legend, and he isn't around much anymore, but he's the chairman emeritus of the U.S. Equestrian Team, and he is just um, he contributed so much to the sport in his era and beyond. I guess George Morris is probably the most influential person I know, and I've gotten to know him really well because he's he's really a brilliant man. He uh, he can instruct well, he rides well, and he writes well, which <laughs> I appreciate. <laughs> uh, and he's always he's always very current. He's seventy, and he's going to uh, go ahead and continue being the coach of the U.S. Show Jumping Team through 2012. It really hasn't been confirmed yet, but but I know it's going to happen. And there's a guy who has tremendous energy. Uh, despite having done everything he's done and despite his age, and he stays fit. I really admire that. So he's, he's probably the most influential person that I've uh, dealt with in my career, but there are so many others that I enjoy. I love Debbie McDonald. I did a book with her, and um, she's a terrific person. It was interesting to see how she handled the adversity when her horse wasn't quite uh, doing what she wanted at the Olympics. Um, David and Karen O'Connor, people that are – just indefatigable, I think is the word. They, hmm. They're like the Energizer Bunny with all the things that they do, and uh, they've been really inspirational, too. So many times if I had lived their life and had the setbacks they had, I would have given up, and they never do. Well, speaking of David O'Connor, let's talk a little bit about eventing. Obviously, that was a big story in, in last year as well. Uh, you know, with everything that happened and with doing the safety summits, we did a show on it a couple couple months ago and we devoted the show to to it and there's been actually a lot of work done since we even had that show tell us a little bit about you actually did an article recently for equisearch right with david uh that's correct um it was for the practical horseman section of equisearch and um we talked he just wanted to talk about the whole safety issue and the strides that have been made in 2008 it was quite a remarkable year when you think about it uh, because really the crises of March and April, that was Darren Chiaccia uh, having a near-fatal fall in, in March in Florida, and then two horses dying at the Rolex Kentucky Four Star in April, uh, that triggered people to become even more proactive than they had been about safety. And there were a lot of things that, that needed to be done. Uh, the U.S. Equestrian Federation held a safety summit in June in Kentucky, and it was a wonderful chance to get the whole community together to speak about nothing but safety. You know, when you go to the U.S. Eventing Association convention, there's a million things to do and, and all kinds of different forums, and not everybody is in the same place at all the time. But this brought together all the people who were involved with the sport from the event managers to the riders to the uh, eventing moms and everybody had had some thoughts and they did an awful lot with that i'd say one of the biggest things that came out of it is the eventing watch list i think any of us who know riders and and horses have seen at events people who really don't belong there they're halfway through cross country <laughs> yep. when somebody please yank them off the course and yep. very often it's the same offender over and over so this watch list um, will uh, help officials decide when to yank someone, because that's really hard. You can imagine you think you're having a good trip or you're getting around anyway, and they come out with a red flag and stop you, and you're going, well, you know, I could have continued. It would have been fine. But if you're on the watch list, um, I think that they have more justification for stopping you. And being on the watch list means that you've done some dangerous things or you perhaps are not up to the level that you're trying to compete at. So I think that's going to be a huge help. 
and a huge opportunity to to promote education because you like you said you have that rider who's out there who thinks they're going along just fine sees the red flag and suddenly realizes through the whole process that there are things that they have yet to learn about safety in riding and eventing exactly and the instructor certification program which has been underway for some time with us eventing uh, will also help in that regard because so many people are getting lessons from people who have no idea what they're doing. It's the blind leading the blind. And with certification, while it won't be mandatory, you would hope that uh, people would be smart enough to say, maybe I should go to a certified instructor. You know, that you know, is like for, the for biggest... a car mechanic, you wouldn't just go to the guy down the street. You go to a garage where they've, they've uh, fixed cars like yours more than once. That is like my biggest pet peeve is that there's there's such um, there really isn't a set of standards for I don't want to say riding I mean there there are for riding instructors now and this instructor certification program is putting forth um, a set of standards that like you said you, but you kind of have to still wait for people to seek out certified instructors. And I don't think that it's going to become mandatory anytime soon. It could in the future as, you know, the U.S. drifts toward more and more regulation and everything. But it's hard to quantify who's a capable rider and who isn't, which is why the watch list is so important. But you can quantify who's a capable instructor and who isn't because they won't be certified if they're not. Right. I mean, if you ask 10 different horse people the same question, you'll get 10 different answers. And which, which is the right one? Hopefully, if you have these standards in place with the certification program, we could whittle down those answers to maybe two or three that are correct. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. I, I think guidelines are very important, and I think people are getting smarter, particularly in eventing, because it is a sport with much more risk. And I, I have to emphasize what I said in my uh, EquiSearch article, that it's never going to be uh, fault-free. There's always going to be injuries. I hate to say there are always going to be fatalities, but things happen. You know, like you can get hit by a car crossing a street. So as David always says, you can't make it safer than life itself, but certainly uh, they've come a long way toward making it safer and making it better, and I hope they continue. And I think use of deformable jumps, which are crushable jumps as opposed to solid jumps, uh, will help in that regard a great deal because then when a horse hits it, with his chest, he won't do a rotational fall and somersault on his rider. Uh, the obstacle will just fall apart. They need to do more research on it, but they're definitely going in that direction. You know, and we just have to clarify too. You can get hurt more. You get hurt more dealing with the horses on the ground than you do riding. My wife evented for many, many, many years, and she got hurt more just walking the horse out to the field, and the dog scared it. You know, that things happen when you're around horses. And, and as you said, we're never going to totally eliminate it. It's just not possible. Well, people have to understand that. And I would like to see people come to horse ownership and riding with a greater understanding of what they're undertaking. And that can also lead to the whole unwanted horse issue. You know, people will take on horses not realizing what uh, feed costs, what yeah. hay costs, yep. uh, veterinary bills, shoeing, and all of that, and then they'll wind up with a, a hobby or a project they can't afford and either turn them loose in a pasture or send them to a sale. And I, I, I think that people have to be responsible in every way and understand the risks and responsibilities. Right, and I know we're plain running out of time. We promised we'd keep you for 20 minutes, and I think we're even over that a little bit. Will you come back later in the year and chat with us again? I'm more than happy to. It's been a delightful experience. All right. Great, Nancy. We appreciate you being on and uh, looking forward to reading all your articles in 2009. 
I'm going to keep writing. Wonderful. And I am a photographer, too, so hopefully you'll be yes. pictures. You know, you see your, all your, your pictures series everywhere. on um, the Holiday and Horses that I was just going through on EquiSearch is fabulous. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love the picture of uh, Toonie Page with the Christmas tree behind her. Oh, I good. I'm, I'm glad. My favorite picture was the one of Margie Angle from the back where it said Rolex because it was the Rolex championship. Yeah, yeah. Or the Christmas tree, which was Holiday and Horses. I thought that sort of summed it up. And she was the winner. I got lucky with that one. <laughs> Nancy, what is there a place where anybody can go and see all of your stuff? Is, do you have one central website? or? I have a website, but there's very little on it. I don't do things that okay. way. Generally, people uh, will... Go to EquiSearch or go or to just NJ. Google your name. I'm sorry. Just Google your name. <laughs> yeah, Google my yeah. name. Uh, but the but the website is uh, NancyJaffer.com. Okay. And we we are going to be putting a few pictures up there, but we don't ever we'll never do a a, a full scale um, hosting of photos there. And if people want photos, they can just uh, contact me through the website. Okay, great, Nancy. Thanks a lot. Great. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed being on. I could talk to Nancy all day, Helena. I, I could listen to Nancy all day. I know. She just <laughs> she just she knows more about the equestrian world than you and I have ever dreamed of knowing. And you know what we've used this word to describe her a few times is that she's a legend. I, I even though she's not a legendary rider or competitor, I would put her right up there with the likes of George Morris and William Steinkraus and all those big names. She's contributed to the equestrian sport. Uh, world, I think, just as much as they have. Right, exactly. Just in, in words and, you know, journalistic contributions. Well, she's brought all of what... They wouldn't be known if it weren't for people like her. Yeah. So, you know, she has brought them to the forefront and really put put all the different sports, and she, she covers it all. She covers raining, and, you know, she just covers it all. So... So it was really fun. We're going to get her back definitely before the before the year is out and and talk some more about uh, the amazing her amazing life. We need to get her on for an hour and just talk about her life and and ask her some more of those probing questions that she doesn't want to answer. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right, now let's go on to our pick for the for the new. 2008 website of the year, our 2008 website of the year. It's a website that we think is going to go places, and it was new in 2008. And they're still in beta, but uh, we, we picked them anyway just because they got so much going on. And that website is equestrianlife.com. And really what equestrianlife.com is is it's a Facebook for the horse world. I heard about it from one of our listeners actually got a hold of us and said, you know, you really need to take a look at this site. So several weeks ago, I got on there and I signed up and I played with it. And it really is like Facebook. And we all know how popular Facebook has become. I think they said now there's like 180 million people on Facebook. And I, I, I've been wanting to do a site like this forever. I had actually proposed it to a couple of companies I worked with. We had designed a whole site like this to be a Facebook for horses so that you can see when your friends are going to shows and how they did and their horse pictures. And, and you know, you can follow their life in the horse world more than you can with Facebook because it's designed for that. Right. And that's what this site is. And we have with us today one of the co-founders of Equestrian Life. His name is John McGraw. And he'll tell us a little bit about his background background and and I think it's uh his partner who also helped him start it so her name is I think Deanna uh Burquist is how you say it so let's get John on here and talk to him a little bit about uh what's what what's going on with the site and what he has plans to do in the future with it Hi, John. We appreciate you being on the Stable Scoop show and and for putting together such a cool site last year Well thank you so much for having me well, you know, tell us a little bit about 
how Equestrian Life came to be and, and who started it and what's your background? Are you a horse person or a geek or both? <laughs> well, uh, I'm both. I, I'm, I'm a little unusual in the horse world in that uh, I never rode a horse until I was uh, 40 years old. Oh, you were a late bloomer. Uh, a real late bloomer. I had uh, two of our daughters that uh, were riders. Um, I was a typical horse show parent and used to go to the horse shows and thought, you know, there's got to be something better than just sitting around and watching these. Uh, so I decided to take up riding myself. And and oh my God, I, you found out. <laughs> I, and I found out how much I love it, and I actually ride more than the girls do now. So uh, He's ruining it for all us horse husbands. <laughs> we have... Uh, uh, between Dean and myself, we have about 10 horses and we try to ride every day and compete a couple times a month. So I've really fallen in love with it and, and it's something we both enjoy doing. And then besides that, before obviously riding horses, um, I did spend, um, a good deal of my professional career in the financial services business at first, but then, uh, most recently in the computer business. And I was, uh, the CEO of some computer companies, and that's how he paid for the horses. Exactly. Pay for those horses. <laughs> uh, but uh, we were both Dina and I were really frustrated uh, when we'd go on the web about trying to find information um, about riding, especially when we both learned to ride, and and so it was. We decided that we would put together a, a site that was really focused on uh, not only just connecting people, but also bringing some real quality education to the equestrian community. And that's our goal. And then we continue to pursue that and try to make that better every day. So I described it as sort of, it's sort of like a Facebook for horse people, but it goes beyond that. Well, that's exactly what what we had in mind, sort of the Facebook aspect of being able to uh, attract uh, and have equestrians communicate with each other, but then a component, obviously, that's a little different than the Facebook thing, which is the educational component. We have the videos, and we have several um, professional equestrians who write for us, and so we really want to bring that educational component and then in 2009, um, our really our biggest push, and we've heard this from our members, is that we want to really help people bring their their online li- uh, their their online life to offline. And as a result, we're gonna we're in the process of developing some ways for people to you know meet up and ride. So we're gonna do a whole sort of trail riding um, system so people can say where they're going to ride, invite people to ride with them or, uh, you know, post their rides and those oh, kinds of things. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, so, bringing so that's sort the of connection. The, bringing their online life, you know, offline to their riding. And well, that's, and that's um, what will make Equestrian Life a true community that works. Right. And that's we've heard that from so many people. So we've really been sort of in the last several months kind of working and then plotting that out and um, – well, now, this site is so well done. Did you guys do this yourself, or have you, did you hire a company? Or, um, Well, uh, the design was done by Dina, my partner, and so she uh, did all the design. And then I'm a little bit more on the technical side, and I did the, the technical specifications, and then we have 
to help implement it, we've hired some contractors to do some of the programming for us. Well, it's, sure. it's, it looks great. Yeah. How do you, you, you've got some great advertisers on there. Um, what's, tell us about that. How did you uh, get those advertisers? And um... We, Dina's uh, background was that uh, she, prior to her current job, which is with a company called Demand Media, which runs a number of websites, not the least of which is Lance Armstrong's Livestrong.com. Uh, but prior to that, she was with um, eBay, and prior to that was Shopping.com. So, oh, she has no uh, experience with the big boys then, huh? Yeah, plenty of experience. Here with, now she's uh, running this little website called Equestrian Life. <laughs> right. <laughs> plenty, plenty of experience with um, the online sort of advertisers and um, the sellers of good, you know, with the e-commerce people. So she's had a lot of experience in e-commerce, and so... That's been very beneficial to us. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't hurt to have a nice Ariat uh, ad up there and a uh, Ralph Lauren ad. <laughs> no, right, exactly. It definitely ends it lends an air of credibility to the whole thing. I mean, over the overall look and feel of it. But when you get one or two big players um, in your advertising, it's it, it it's just, certainly it certainly yes. Now I noticed it's still in beta. Uh, I I did notice when I was playing around in there the other day that there were a couple things that weren't working. Is that why it's still in beta? You're... Yeah, I mean it's. Again, we we continue to add functionality, and um, I think we're out here on the West Coast, and um, you know Google was in beta for the first five years. It was oh, it's still in beta, isn't it? <laughs> and, and huge parts of it are still in beta. Yeah. So uh, I guess until we stop developing and, and adding features, I think we're going to be in beta. Right, so the, because... And what you're saying is the beta sign's never coming down. That graphic <laughs> is staying there. At least not anytime soon, because. <laughs> As we continue to add functionality, uh, as you know, it's not always perfect the first time, and so. Uh, but we're really fortunate; we have a, a fantastic community that's that's. Uh, well, yeah, that, actually that, been in, How many people supportive. now? How many people? You've only been up since when? October, November, somewhere. In yes, and we have about ten thousand uh, users in the U.S. and about twenty-five hundred in Canada. Oh wow! And Thank you're you. only open to those two at this point. Yes, just okay. um, um, we wanted to sort of get all the riding and and we're very have a very vibrant um, show schedule and all those kinds of things. So it takes us a while to develop um, each country. So um, our plans also in 2009 to expand into uh, Australia, New Zealand, and uh, Great Britain. So cool, and that must be a Jack Russell in the background there. That was a Jack Russell in the background. <laughs> you can just tell. They're the only ones that interrupt our show. The Jack this, Russell. Is what's, this is what's great well, about having you your know, own if business. If you have horses, you have to have a Jack, Jack Russell. Jack Russell, yes. Definitely. You guys do uh, jumpers? Uh, we Yes, we do. Um, I ride the jumpers, and uh, and Dina rides the hunters. And You're a hunter-jumper uh, family. Our two daughters do uh, do both. but. Uh, oh, Cool. So now, uh, one que- other question I do have for you, and then we'll have to to leave you go. What What are your expectations for this year? I noticed, you know, I've been sort of watching on the new members thing in the bottom right of the website there. And the new member, you know, when you sign up, you don't stay on that page long, and it's off of there. So you got new members coming in at a rapid rate. What's your goal for this year? What do you hope to see by the end of this year as far as membership? Well, um, well we, obviously, we just hope, that the membership grows, but that, that has not been our most important thing. Really what our most important focus in 2009 will be is actually with the community that we have, um, 
listening to them, developing the kinds of things that they want, and making the site continually more uh, beneficial to them and to the equestrian community. Because we know once we do that, oh, your, your uh, membership is going to grow faster than you come. want it to. Yeah, your membership then will grow faster than you want it to. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Well, good. You've done a great job with this. Uh, we're very impressed. I mean, I'm well, busy clicking you. away. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> perfect. Well, thank I'm you never so this much quiet. For... <laughs> thank you so much for having uh, having uh, me on, and we look forward to talking to you guys again soon. All right, Absolutely. good. And, and for you. everybody, it's equestrianlife.com, and that's spelled just like it's supposed to be spelled, nothing weird. So equestrianlife.com, check it and out, sign up, play with it, up. invite your friends. We'll put links to it on the Stable Scoop uh, show notes as well. And also, yeah, and also you want to invite us. We're on there, so definitely look for the Horse Radio Network. We're we're listed on there, and uh, you can invite us. Uh, you can make sure that we're invited. Actually, I'm on there as Glenn the Geek. What did you just put in, Helena? Uh, I just put in my full name. So, oh, okay. but you can, uh, but I'll come up under Horse Radio Network. Right. Okay. Good. So look for us. We also have a group in there as well. All right, John. Thank you very much. Have All a right, great thank day. you so much. All right, bye bye. All right, bye bye. All right, that was great to talk to John, and we we hope everybody does stop over to Question Life and at least check it out and make us your friend. That's the other thing. Yeah, we need uh, friends. That's right. <laughs> we need to at least have a few friends on Equestrian Life. <laughs> now that we've talked about it, and we do have they have something called is it groups? Uh, I think it's called groups, and then we're on, we're on there as a group. The Stable Scoop Show and the 2010 Radio Show are on there as well. Right. I do want to mention for everybody that the 2010 radio show this week, we did Raining, and I talked to Dan Wall, who is the head of the uh, National Raining Horse Association, and we had a great conversation. It was so much fun to talk to him, and, and he is so excited about Raining, and Raining is a fun thing to watch anyway. Mm. But we talked about Raining and how it relates to the 2010 World Equestrian Games and what they have planned. And one of the things I didn't know that they have planned is they're going to have a ticketed event with Raining Freestyle, Musical Freestyle. Oh, it's not cool. It's not going to be competition. It's just going to be Musical Freestyle. And if anybody has seen the Raining Musical Freestyle where they can pretty much do any of the moves they want to, to music, it is an absolutely wonderful thing to watch. Isn't that the stuff that um, Stacy Westfall does? Yes. She was the one that re- – we talked about that. He was there the day – Stacy Westfall was the first one in Raining Freestyle or Musical Freestyle to actually do it bridalless. That's right. And she won that show. It was the national championships, and she won it, and he was there. And he said, he told me in this interview, which I encourage everybody to listen to at 2010radioshow.com, he said that the only ones that knew that she was going to do this bridalist were the show organizers. The audience didn't know. He didn't know. And she came in and did it, and he said, you have, he said he's never seen that kind of energy and enthusiasm and cheering. And when you watch the video of it, you, the audience just goes crazy. You know what? Let's put that up on the show for, for that uh, clip of that video. We should, because it week. is just unbelievable. It yeah. is unbelievable. It I, it's is the kind just... of thing you could watch over and over again, and I still am <clears throat> brought to tears. I'm, I'm like a baby when I watch that. It's so well, cool. Well, if you remember, we interviewed her with the Talking Equine show that we did before, and she told us how she trained the horse to do that and her plans coming up to it and he said that others had tried it in shows in smaller level show lower level shows before that but none of them nailed it it wasn't they they screwed up or they yeah. messed up the what they were trying to do she just nailed it there wasn't one mistake and he said the most amazing part was when they exited the building when they left the arena 
there was hundreds of people out there taking pictures and stuff uh, when the when the riders were coming out and he said that ho- she never had a bridle on it the horse was just that calm that after doing that that wild a raining uh, demonstration that she did she just left and he said the horse just stood there and they were doing pictures and all without didn't have a rain on walked it back to the bo- the stall without a rain on no 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 halter no bridle nothing. No nothing the whole time nothing the whole time so he said that was 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 the extra amazing part of That's the whole fabulous. thing that's yeah, so, have we, so we look, haven't talked to her yet, have we? First no, first? I'm going to try and get her on. I'm going to try okay. and get her on definitely because she's a lot of fun to talk to too. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we'll definitely we'll definitely work on getting her on here in the next month or two. Okay. Uh, but check out 2010radioshow.com. That's uh, that's live now, so you can you can listen to the reigning episode. It was a lot of fun. Also, you can check out our show notes at stablescoop.com, and we have a. Good show, again, planned for you next week, so be sure to check back uh, next Friday and when we when we have next show coming out. And you can leave us feedback or a voicemail at 270-803-0025. We want to hear from you. Or you can email us at geeks, G-E-E-K-S, at horseradionetwork.com. Did I miss anything, Helena? <laughs> no, I think you pretty much covered it all. Oh, good. All right, Helena, we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll be back with the scoop. <laughs>